This is Big Ideas, Birkbeck's free public lecture series where academics bring their research out to local communities around London, sharing the exciting and innovative work that happens at Birkbeck and opening up the world of research and universities. The series is organised by Birkbeck's access and engagement team who support underrepresented groups of people to apply and succeed here at Birkbeck, University of London. This podcast will introduce you to the upcoming talks in the Big Ideas series. Our researchers will give you a preview of what's in store and hopefully entice you along to their event. If you like what you hear today and want to come along, you can find the details in the web link in the description of the podcast. We'd love to see you there. I'm Sophie Swain, Outreach and Access Officer at Birkbeck. February's instalment of Big Ideas comes from Keith Jarrett, a PhD candidate and associate tutor at Birkbeck's Department of English and Humanities and the winner of Birkbeck's three-minute thesis competition in 2018. Keith will be introducing the idea of writing as research, exploring the migration of Caribbean religion and identity as a novel. I caught up with him at Birkbeck's School of Arts in Gordon Square for a chat ahead of his talk, which will take place on Tuesday the 12th of February at City and Islington College in Finsbury Park. Thank you for joining us for the podcast today. Absolute pleasure to be here. So to kick things off then, um, in your big ideas talk on the 12th of February, you'll be talking about how an overlooked uh, segment of Caribbean Pentecostalism has led you to writing an experimental novel. Um, Can you tell listeners a bit more about how you started this work? Um, So what was your aim? What were the key things you were hoping to look at? I am a, first and foremost, I'm a writer of fiction and poetry. And I have you know, I had an outline of my novel which I really wanted to write and to undertake a creative writing PhD which would mostly involve writing the novel. Um, but some of the themes that I've been exploring, I've been looking at religion and the boundaries of religious and cultural identity um, and I really wanted to dig further into that. On the one hand I'm a creative writer, on the other hand I'm looking at um, religion um, and specifically, um, I wanted to concentrate on oneness Pentecostalism, which is something um, that for people outside it, I mean, they just see Pentecostalism, which has been exploding um, globally, um, in, particularly in South America and parts of Africa, um, Korea even. But when people think of Caribbean Pentecostalism, there's most academic studies have, have looked at Caribbean religiosity in, in it's been kind of overshadowed by um, North America for, by you know the US where um, most of the churches originate um, or by um, looking into things that are considered a bit sexier you know like Rastafari and so I really wanted to look at how um, a rift in what is what is seen as a rift in American churches then has global repercussions and how the Caribbean, which is you know the USA's closest neighbour, how that then um, filters out when we look at migration from the Caribbean to London. And so my main um, question, something that's always fascinated me is um, at what point do you start or stop calling something Caribbean? What happens when you have a group of people who have a certain set of beliefs want to practice um, their version of Pentecostalism in London 
Um, at what stage, you know, are they seen as, you know, Caribbean churches, and then, you know, are they American churches, perhaps, or, you know, as some people migrated and perhaps weren't members of Oneness Pentecostal, Pentecostal churches, um, as you know, time goes on, and they convert there in in London. Um, at what stage could they be seen as a, a form of British church? So I was really looking at the evolution of identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, um, the novel that, that you're writing, how did the idea of that come about? Was that something you intended to set out with at the beginning? Did it seem to be the best way to present your findings? Could you say some more about the novel side? I thought... I mean, I, I write poetry as well as fiction. And I wanted to do, because of having to cross disciplines, I thought it would probably be a bit too choppy if I presented the creative part as short stories. I wanted to do something that was whole in itself. Um, and that's why I wanted to pursue the novel. I've also um, been obsessed with the protagonist. I've, I've, I'd written short stories before that have a similar protagonist and I wanted to carry him through into the novel. But then actually I that now the novel has two protagonists and the, the other character, Teresa, she, um, I've realised there's echoes of her as well in other work that I've written before. So um, in some ways, yes, I, I came to the, uh, to the PhD with an established idea of what I wanted to do, um, and I had to anyway in the proposal. Um, but I have been learning things a lot <laughs> as I've gone on, and yeah, now that I'm coming to the end, I can see a, a bit of the wood, the trees. So part of the, well, the reason why we're sitting here today is because you're coming to do a talk um, as part of Burt Beck's Big Ideas um, on the 12th of February. Can you just say a bit about what uh, listeners may ex can expect from your talk on the 12th? I have planned for a bit of insight into what I'm doing and the research that I'm um, undertaking and the writing process. Um, but also I want it to be a challenge to look at how we approach writing and research and creativity. I want to be asking a lot of questions um, and getting some questions back as well. Um, it is a lecture but I do um, want that input from people who, who come and may have um, may have perhaps a, a project that they're undertaking themselves. It could be a writing research project so I want to talk a bit more about that process of research um, and also using um, exploring cultural identity. Culture. Why do you think cultural identity is an important part of what you're going to be talking about on the 12th? That's the basis of my research, um, but I, I really want to um, emphasise how what I'm doing in my very specific way could be um, used in other situations, um, in other um, research tasks, but also because right now, um, and I, I don't want to use the um, this 
leaving the EU word. Um, but at the moment, there is a lot of questions about belonging and identity, what it means to be um, a particular um, nationality or ethnicity or whatever. Um, and I think there's a lot that um, that creative research has to say about that, where it's not just um, hung up on being academic. Um, you know, my, my project is academic and it is also outward facing, it is also looking at um, the wider world of literature. And another follow-up question that I'd like to ask is how your particular work speaks to ideas around belonging and community. My, my work is all about community and the reason why I chose London um, as the city in which I was conducting the research, I could have chosen Birmingham, which in many ways has, has a, um, a much more established tradition in academia and also in the community of oneness Pentecostalism or of looking at um, you know, Caribbean Pentecostalism in general. The reason why I chose London is because of the dispersal of cultures um, and I think there's a lot of in interesting things to explore about how communities are formed and what happens when you do have things like gentrification. Most of the, um, most of the respondents um, to, to the research I conducted were in East um, London and many of them sort of started out in, in quite, in quite close-knit communities particularly places like Hackney, um, and are now living in Essex or wherever they can mm -hmm. afford. Um, or a few have you know, moved out of London in, entirely. Um, and it's, I found it really interesting to, to think about how people see themselves and how they are seen by others. Um, in a church community, um, especially the one that I'm looking at, where you have people who see each other, you know, two, three, sometimes four times a week um, and grow up together, um, you can actually trace um, the differences genera gen generationally in how people see themselves. I deliberately started off just interviewing older people mm -hmm. Um, and looking at the difference between people who had migrated um, to London as children and people who had come later on or people who had grown up here and the different ways in which they saw themselves, the different ways in which they spoke, just paying attention to their language was really interesting. But I also interviewed younger people okay. um, who talked very, very differently. Um, and yeah, so my research in short, does look at community and belonging in, in different ways because we don't just belong to a community. We are mm. also, you know, depending on our age, gender, we all respond to and where we are in a city uh, or town, we re respond to that community very differently. How do you think language is tied in with community? So there are certain specific words that are used in... in um, in the religion, you know, I'm thinking about how people refer to 
um, you know, joining a church, getting saved or um, receiving the spirit in terms of, you know, when they're speaking in tongues. Um, there are certain, or people have left the church being described as backsliders. You know, there's some very specific terms that are used within the community to talk about specific things that are irrelevant outside. Yeah. But then there are ways of talking that have come from either the, the culture of, you know, whether it's Jamaican or Grenadian or, you know, Caribbean culture, um, or the culture of Britain as well. And I find it really interesting how different forms of talking, of speaking, um, of using language, um, then manifest differently mm -hmm. in different people. Um, that's all, I, I guess the way people speak and use language, as someone who writes poetry and fiction, is always going to be like my top fascination. Yeah. And I've tried not to like make my whole thesis be about that because actually I'm looking at the cultural practice, including language, but looking at things like clothes and um, music and food and um, yeah. And were there any interesting findings around that that we haven't already touched on in the interview today? I'd say what interests me most is the difference among the young people that I interviewed where actually their experience growing up they, they don't see so much of a divide in the same way um, that some of the older people do um, who probably wouldn't I, I you know one or at least one of the um, interviewers who's you know in her 70s um, said you know she was disowned by her parents when she joined that particular church because it's, it's about the way that they're baptizing because she was baptizing Jesus name and not in and father son and holy spirit they disowned her and she made a lot of sacrifices um, where some of the younger people um, have friends of you know different beliefs and um, um, but will regularly go to other churches that baptize differently simply because their friends are there or they find it more exciting mm -hmm. Um, but then we'll come back to their home church and there's much more fluidity um, that I find exciting but also you, you, you gain things and you lose things. There are some cultural um, distinctions that have been lost, like there's some language that has been lost as well. Um, but at the same time there's an openness that is being gained. Um, so that I guess was one of the most interesting, exciting things for me. And that was yeah. an age thing generally? That was definitely an age thing, yeah. yeah. Great, well thank you so much. It's been really interesting to hear about your work and um, we look forward to hearing more from you on the 12th of February. Thank you Keith.